I am your father. This is a Brandon Colby Jacobs from Facebook exclusive. And you'll see why 1984 won't be like 1984. Touche, my nigga. Touche. Out on bail, fresh out of jail, California dreaming. Soon as I step on the scene, I'm hearing hoochie screaming. Feeding for money and alcohol, the life of the West Side player where cowards die in the strong ball. Only in Cali where we ride, not rally to live and die. In LA, we wearing chucks, not ballads. Yeah, that's right. Dressed in locs and khaki suits and ride is what we do. Flossing but have caution, we collide with other crews. Famous because we program. Worldwide, let them recognize for Long Beach the Rosecrans. Bumping and grinding like a slow jam. It's West Side, so you know we roll the bow down to no man. Say what you say, but give me that bomb beat from Dre. Let me serenade the streets of LA. From Oakland to Sacktown, the Bay Area and back down. Cali is where they put their Mac down. Give me love. Yo, what it do, what it is, man. It's your boy, Brandon Kobe Jacobs, and you are listening to the Established 1984 Podcast, man. And on episode 39, man, I thought it was only appropriate, given what today is, that I, I talk about uh, one of my first loves. Somebody who has meant a great deal to my life. Someone who has impacted my life in tremendous ways. I mean, I think uh, all of us refer to her as a her, you know. We could say it, but I think uh, Common has made it uh, more notable and more appropriate to refer to hip-hop as her. You know, in a lot of ways, uh, she's every man's first love. and I guess for women, they can call her a he. <laughs> it's kind of weird in any other setting, but um, hip-hop, man. 44 years, that's crazy. I mean... Um, who would have ever thought that we would make it this far, right? <laughs> and, I mean, when you talk about hip-hop, uh, you have to, I'm sure a lot of people ask themselves, well, what is hip-hop? I mean, I think for those of us who have lived it, breathed it, experienced it in different facets and forms, hip-hop would be the very existence of who we are as people. I mean, when I think about hip-hop, I mean, it, it is essentially everything that I am, everything that I aspire to be. Um, it is, as it ages, it becomes more evident that hip-hop is timeless. That regardless of the fact that the perception is that hip-hop is a young man's game, um, I think it's a young man's game in certain facets. And in other facets, there are appropriate places for people to be based on their age demographics. That being said, um, I don't think at 33 years old, I can be anything other than hip hop. Um, I may not be a break dancer. Uh, I may not be a rapper, despite what you just heard me do <laughs> at the beginning of the podcast. But um, I, I am hip hop. I'm hip hop because of the way I carry myself. I'm hip hop because of the way I dress when I'm not at work. Uh, I'm I'm hip hop from the way that I present my aesthetics, you know, my choice of earrings, my placement of tattoos, the way I walk, the way I talk. Um, this very podcast is hip hop in and of itself, not just because 
the podcast has essentially been, you know, chronicling hip hop histories and kind of focusing on the hip hop history of Jacksonville. Um, it's hip hop because the person who hosts it is hip hop. Um, you know, a lot of people today, I think, are talking about when they first fell in love with hip hop and everybody's got a story. So, I mean, fuck it. It's my podcast. So I'm going to share mine. Um, it is in the, uh, it is in the spring of 1993. Um, eight or nine years old then. Um, and, um, my parents, um, you know, were renting movies. This is back in the day where you went to Blockbuster, which, I know some of the listeners out there might be like, what? The Blockbuster? Yes, the Blockbuster on Dunn Avenue in Jacksonville, Florida that no longer exists, that was in the same parking lot with the Winn-Dixie that no longer exists. <laughs> um, they, they went and rented movies, VHS tapes, not DVDs, VHS tapes um, from the Blockbuster on Dunn Avenue in Jacksonville, Florida. And one of the movies that my mother picked up was Juice. Now, she probably picked up Juice because my sister probably suggested it. Shout out to Carla. And um, so they they bring the movie home. Now, my parents, you know, God bless them. Uh, they were workaholics, uh, worked quite a bit. I would get home before they did. And I don't anticipate that Juice was something that they thought that I would ever come across seeing. They thought that, oh, Brandon will be in bed by the time we watch Juice. We'll watch Juice. You know, Carlo will get to see it too, and it'll be an experience, and we'll all move on from here. Well, one day when they uh, when they weren't home, before the movie went back, this is, you know, back when you had limited amount of days. This is probably before you had five days for renting a movie. You probably just had the one day, or the three days, rather. Um, so... In those three days, I managed to get hold of the VHS tape and sitting um, in the uh, in the foyer, um, you know, I rolled uh, rolled the TV that was on the cart and sat Indian style in the foyer right in front of right in the middle of my parents' house. And I watched Juice and I, um, you know, Omar Epps is in the movie and, and a variety of other characters, but no one jumped off the screen to me quite like hip-hop and i mean the movie itself is hip-hop in a lot of ways you know the urban struggle of young black youths trying to find their way some going left some going right some taking a positive route some taking a negative route but uh one person who i think has probably stuck with me my entire life uh just kind of jumped off the screen at me and his name was tupac shakur um I would later find out that Tupac Shakur was a rapper and, um, you know, I'd hear his music on the radio on 92.7, the beat, uh, when roadie roll was in the house, roadie rolls in the house, <laughs> you know, um, I would, um, I would hear Tupac Shakur and I was just like, wow, this dude's amazing. You know, um, you know, I, you know, hear Brenda's got a baby and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of people like to say, Oh, my first hip hop song was Brandon. No, my, my first hip hop song was I Get Around. Round the ground, I get around. <laughs> and I um I actually recorded that song off the radio with a tape. 
<laughs> We're going way back. I know that, like I said, I know there's a bunch of listeners that are like, what the fuck is he talking VHS and tapes and recording off the radio? What the fuck is wrong with this guy? You know, you know, uh, the radio's on the internet now. <laughs> it's all good, guys. Um, but yeah, so I, I recorded that tape and, and I grew up in a household where, you know, I spent a lot of time around my grandmother. So, you know, a lot of what I heard was on records and it was really old music when I was at my grandmother's house. I mean, really old music. And when I was at my parents' house, it was, uh, I think, probably the most contemporary thing. And I think you say this for a lot of young black people of my same age demographic. Um a lot of what I probably was listening to that was current of any sort was probably Michael Jackson. Uh, you know, the uh, the Bad Album. And then, of course, even though it was many years old, almost a decade old at this point, Thriller. Um, you know, if you didn't have Thriller in your house, I'd just fucking kill yourself. I don't know what you're doing with your life. But anyway, um, that that was pretty much my current music. Until I could get access to a radio and then I started falling in love with hip hop. And from there, um, I mean, um, being very candid uh, in the East West beef, I, I picked the side of, of the West side, you know, because, you know, those of us who are from the South, we didn't really have a dog in the fight. So it wasn't like we felt obligated to side with the East Coast or, or anything like that. You know, because the East Coast didn't really fuck with us in the South anyway. And the West Coast didn't really know much about us to fuck with us. So, you know, you, you just sort of picked your side or either you stayed out of it altogether and said, well, I like Outkast. But, you know, um, for me, I I just gravitated towards Tupac. Um, I felt like he spoke to everything that I that I wanted to be and everything that I felt like I could relate to. Um you know, as a eight, then 10, then 12 year old, uh, young man, um, you know, whether I was really experiencing his life or not through my own lens, I, I felt like I was, so he connected, you know, he resonated with me. Um, I mean, I, I'd go on to enjoy a lot of East coast rappers, um, love Nas growing up, um, loved Illmatic growing up. I didn't, I didn't really like I Am, um, I didn't really like, um, you know, that album that had the song with Genuine on it, that, Jody, say what's your price, I really wasn't one of those kids that gravitated towards that kind of shit, um, I, um, I mean, I was so hip-hop that, you know, at James Weldon Johnson Middle School, I was known for the being the kid that brought the boombox with uh, the Harlem World uh, tape, not CD, tape, guys, and the Master P tape. And I would, you know, put those huge batteries in my boombox in my uh, biology class, and I would stick it in my uh, gym bag, my boombox in my gym bag, and just in the middle of class, we we turn that shit on, make them say, uh, uh, na 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 na, you know, shit like that, and I, I just, hip-hop got me through so much in life, man, like, you know, when I was a ninth grader, and I'm four foot eleven, and going to a school after leaving James William Johnson, because all my friends went to Stanton and Paxson and you know I failed the eighth grade and had to go to summer school so there was no way I was getting into either one of those schools so I went to the neighborhood school first coast 
and I didn't know anybody. And um, what kind of kept me going was hip hop. I mean, um, you know, I would play tapes of Silk the Shaka, <laughs> No Limit Soldier to get myself right in the morning, you know, with my tape player <laughs> and my my uh, headphones that I got from the dollar store. And I just play that shit all day long over and over and over again. Um, and the, I mean, that was, that's what I had. That's what, you know, I, I was connected to, um, you know, as time has gone on, I think, uh, I've become a more astute hip hop head. Um, you know, I DJ for a while. Um, I manage DJs and that's the thing about hip hop. That's always been so cool is that, um, you know, I knew I was never going to be a rapper in hip hop. It just, you know, it wasn't in the cards for me. That wasn't my skill set. And that's totally okay. But hip hop has served me well. Hip hop helped put me through college. Um, you know, cause I was a, I was a hip hop club promoter. I mean, that's at the root of it all. That's what I was. The essence of what street team is for me. I don't think if, if hip hop doesn't exist, I don't think those kinds of things exist. So those careers and those revenue streams don't exist. So, you know, what do I become if there's no hip hop? You know what I'm saying? Like if if we're not arguing over how terrible Dragon is, like <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If, if we're not listening to Jada Kids say things like wanna hide something from a nigga, put it in a book, you know what I mean? Like if if you're not going back you know, eight years later and listening to Big L, you know what I'm saying? Like, if, if, I mean, like, what is it? Like, if you, like, every hip-hop moment is an experience. I mean, when I think about hip-hop, like, I, I, my life is kind of correlated to a soundtrack of hip-hop. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, for every major moment, there's a song. And more often than not, it's, it's hip hop driven. I mean, I talk about my my high school years. Like one of the greatest experiences of my life was when the I'm Serious album from Ti came out. You know, like that was something like we were in Atlanta when that album came out. You know, I was in chorus. You know, you go listen to the last podcast. You hear John Larson talk about that, and you know, we just. We had this this connection to to that album. It, you know, like I didn't know Ti from Adam. You know what I'm saying? But it just felt like like that was our guy, and and you know, like everybody around me experienced his success with him. We were proud of him, you know, right along with 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 everybody else. So it's it's always been a cool experience to to be a part of hip hop. One of my greatest college experiences is another T.I. album. You know, I'll never forget the T.J.'s DJ record pool during Homecoming. We finished the T.J.'s DJ's record pool. And literally, Urban Legend, I think, was supposed to come out like a little, a couple weeks later. But somebody had an advanced copy of Urban Legend. And the DJ, I want to say Superstar, something like that. I I forget his name. It wasn't Lil Boy DJing that night. But... I'm up in the DJ booth and he taps me on the shoulder and goes, watch this. And he puts in 
the Urban Legend album and pushes play. Mind you, it has not been released yet, but we know every fucking word to every fucking song. And like 2,500 people are in the moon in Tallahassee, Florida, chanting, yelling, and singing every single fucking word. And that, to me, is an experience that can only happen because of hip-hop. You know? I mean, what other genre, like, elicits that sort of response from people? What what other genre has created jobs uh, on such a massive scale like hip-hop? You know, what... What genre has instilled a level of focus in people who come from very troubled backgrounds in such a way that their that their lives completely change and they see a world that they never thought that they were going to see before? You know, it took street niggas out of the hood and gave them perspective. You know, some of the great minds that 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 we all look to now and we go, you know, that guy that guy has it. That guy is great or is going to be great. They come from hip-hop, man. Russell Simmons, Jay-Z, you know. I mean, T.I., you know. What would T.I. be without hip-hop? Young Jeezy. Noriega. <laughs> I mean, LL Cool J. I mean, like, let's be serious. If that nigga was just a nigga on the street, walking around, licking his lips at 50 years old, and wasn't hip-hop, like... When y'all think he was fucking crazy? But because he's hip-hop, this shit is so fucking cool, right? I just I just wanted to take a minute, man, to just just thank Common. Thank Jadakiss. Thank Big Daddy Kane. Thank Rock Him. Thank Uncle Luke. Thank JT Money. You know, thank Tampa Tony. Thank Trick Daddy. Thank Plies. Thank Outcast. Thank Biggie Smalls. Thank Corrupt. Thank Daz Dillinger. Thank Snoop. Thank Zero. Thank Slim Thug the Balls. Thank Mike Jones. Thank Nas. Thank Big L. Thank Bobby Schmurder. Thank the Migos, man. Thank them all. Because whether you like their music or you don't like their music, they have provided a genre for us that will that will go on throughout the ages, man. Thank Mike Will made it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like I mean, like, fucking wow. Just take it all in. Take it all in today and recognize what this thing is and what it has given to our society. Don't allow other people to tell you that hip-hop is responsible for the ills of the world because it's just not true. It's like anything else. With great power comes great responsibility and there will be moments where we're like, ah, we could have done better. But that's life, right? So, take a minute, pull out your favorite CD or download your favorite MP3 or Play this shit on <laughs> Apple Music or some shit. And just take a moment to thank hip-hop. Me? When I think hip-hop, I got to thank Tupac. This is the Established 1984 Podcast, guys. Take care.
So, when'd you fall in love with hip-hop? I basically fell in love with hip-hop, you know what I'm saying? When cats first started going out to the parks, you know, with the two turntables, the mic. I think it was 1977. People are rocking in the parks. I can remember back in the Bronx, 1979. Set up some turntables in front of the building. And it was getting the power from the street lamps outside. Plugged it up into the street pole. MC and DJ and B-boy and breakdancing. Breakdancing or popping beats or rhymes, you know. I, I, I was in love with it. Probably about 12 years old, man, and I was watching Wild Style. Creative, it was new, it was fresh, breaking, rapping, battling, just the whole culture period. Band by the show, Africa Islam show. It was just like our way of expression. Hip hop spoke directly to me because, you know, it, it was speaking from the language that the people I was dealing with was speaking in. And I loved it as soon as I as soon as I got introduced to it. I was gonna be dealing with hip hop whether I, I wanted to or not. Like a forced marriage, it was it was predetermined. And I heard Eric Beast for president and that kind of changed my life. I heard the message, Melly Mel. There was a rapper named Eddie Chiba, who was one of the pioneers. When I first heard Sugar Hill Gang. And Rapper's Delight. Rapper's Delight. That set it off for rap music. Funky Four plus one more. Plus one more, you know what I'm saying? Furious Five, Freedom. Running them and Houdini freestyling. Sucker MCs by Run DMC. Sucker MCs live. Grandmaster Flash on the wheels of steel. Grandmaster Cads from the Cold Crush Brothers. Cold Crush. Cold Crush. Cold Crush. Grandmaster Flash. Treacherous Three, Body Rock, Spoonie G, Love Rap. The first time I heard Rebel Without a Pause. Eric B and Rakim. And APMD and them. I, I gotta say, Public Enemy as a group. You know, classics, bangers. I mean, to this day, they bangers. I just loved what it, what it sounded like. And I love what he was saying. You know, the whole slick tongue thing. I felt like these, these dudes is the truth. Forget everything else you heard on the radio and all that. This is it. This is what I want to do. I was in. It was freedom. It's interesting how um, hip-hop rap music in the beginning, or a song like Grandmaster Flash is the message, where basically they were saying, you know, it's like a jungle sometimes. I wish, you know, I wonder how I keep from going under. The whole root of what that song was was basically saying, look, these are the problems here. You know, and here we are 10 years or plus later. The problems are still, still there, and the intensity of the music has built to the no hope, the I don't give a attitude. Uh, how did we get from from Grandmaster Flash the message to where we are now in, in hip-hop? Um, again, you have to be logical. You know, if, if I know that in this hotel room they have food every day and I'm knocking on the door every day to eat and they tell and they open the door, let me see the, the party, let me see like them throwing salami all over the... I mean just like throwing food around where they're telling me there's no food in here. You know what I'm saying? Every day, I'm standing outside trying to sing my way in. You know what I'm saying? We are hungry, please let us in. We are hungry, please let us in. After about a week, that song is going to change to, we hungry, we need some food. After two, three weeks, it's like, you know, give me all the food, we're breaking out the door. And after a year, and you're just like, you know what I'm saying? I'm picking the lock, coming through the door, blasting. You know what I'm saying? It's like you hungry. You reached your level. You don't want any more. We asked 10 years ago. We was asking with the Panthers. We was asking with them, you know, the civil rights movement. We was asking. You know, now, now those people that were asking, they're all dead and in jail. So now what do you think we're going to do? I have had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. Everybody strap in.
everywhere People pissing on the stage, you know they just don't care I can't take the smell, can't take the noise Got no money to move out, I guess I got no choice Rats in the front room, roaches in the back Junkies in the alley with the baseball bat I tried to get away, but I couldn't get far Cause a man with the touch of repossessed my car So, I typed a text to a girl I used to see Saying that I chose this cutie pie with whom I want to be And I apologize if this message gets you down Then I cc'd every girl that I'd cc round town And hate to see y'all frown, but I'd rather see her smiling Wetness all around me, true But I'm no island, peninsula maybe Makes no sense, I know crazy Give up all this pussy cat that's in my lap No looking back, spaceships don't come equipped with rear view mirrors They dip as quick as they can The atmosphere is now ripped I'm so like a pimp, I'm glad it's night So the light from the sun would not burn me On my bum when I shoot the moon High jump the broom Like a preemie out the womb My partner yelling too soon Don't do it, reconsider Read some litter Sure on the subject, you sure? Fuck it, you know we got your back like chiropractic if that bitch do you dirty, we'll wipe her ass out as in detergent. Now hurry, hurry, go on to the altar. I know you ain't a pimp, but pimp, remember what I taught you. Keep your heart three stacks. Keep your heart, hey, keep your heart three stacks. Keep your heart, man, these girls are smart. Three stacks, these girls are smart. Play your part, play your part. Yo, hey, hey, what's the answer? Yo, yo. Money to be made, 
said I'm corporate thugging CTE, until the day I die, that's the way it's gonna be Thug motivation, I'm bumping number three Blowing on some killer shit that I got from zone three It's a knife Somebody hit me the other day for a rendezvous Was it the bitch that fucked the goodie and the dungeon crew? Let's say her name is Susie Screw, cause she screwed a lot Making a nigga hit that chunk at legitimate spots Not no parks, back seats, and things of that nature Had to hate your player, I'm digging the hoe down, never said I'm hater Straight later, slayed the bitch like Darth Vader Made her from Collie Park and fed all the way down to the hater Like Jada, her whip was sharp and sporty, that was shawty Saved the snake on eggs and a beam of 840 It's foggy, I went to the crib to call her but she lost me My baby mama beat me, 7 o'clock is gonna cost me But I still wanna cut her though, maybe she had to work I called her in the mall, women a real tight skirt She was fine as fuck, I wanted to sex the hoe up She said, let's hit the parking lot so I can sick your duck I say cool, I really wanted to cut you, but this will do I gotta pick up my daughter, plus my baby mama beat me too She said she understood and everything was kosher I gave her a little wheel CD and a fucking poster It's like that now Remix Yeah, I see you Chico Let's go CT Let it love in the game West side, what it do, nigga East side, huh We already know the old boy, let's get it, nigga Hey, Fabo, you know how I do this I just wanna love, nigga, I don't need nothing, nigga I said I'm higher than a motherfucker right now I shoot a nigga dead in this shit right now They thought I fell off, but I don't see how Pull up in my car and the bitches like, wow It was me and Fade B's and he on three pills Renegotiates, I need another three mil Bitch, you better chill Can't you see I'm frozen? Federal is on me, so I pause for the pose All these feds keep looking at me Slowing down the trap, make it hard for a G Got a bitch on bank head, nothing but a dank head Slide through on the late night, she give good head It was me and Slick D. You know we ran a train on the high old U You know we ran a game on the Mac 11 clock Then the AR steady Run up on me, motherfucker, I'm ready Ooh, yeah, motherfucker. That's that shit. If you worry about wealth, I'm in a whole I saw all. What club I went to with my homies, baby, don't worry, you know that you got me. I don't want to be another young, I don't want to be 50 years old at a BET, We Shall Overcome, 
um, achievement awards. You know what I'm saying? Uh-uh. Not me. You know, I, when they see me, they know that every day when I'm breathing, it's, it's, it's for us to go farther. You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That ain't that what we're supposed to do. It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world. But I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. And that's our job is to spark somebody else watching us. We, we might not be the ones. But let's not be selfish. And because we're not going to change the world, let's not talk about how we should change it.